I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Well, it's the offseason, not too long after the last game, but still still the offseason. I was trying to limit uh, Gators Breakdown to one episode a week during the offseason until uh, next fall rolls around. But, uh, of course, you know, as the uh, saying goes, it's never a dull moment uh, in Gator Nation. Busy week for the Gators. Busy last few days for the Gators. Going back to the Peach Bowl uh, to now. Declarations have started rolling in. Players coming to Florida, leaving Florida, returning to Florida, all that stuff in the last week or so. So uh, some commitments uh, to go along with that just you know can't wait until I was going to record on Tuesday. Uh, but uh, we'll still do that episode with Will Miles. But uh, with all the news going around, had to get another episode out uh, while the uh, all the news was flowing in. And I know you guys wanted to hear uh, Gators Breakdown, my thoughts, and all, all that good stuff uh, that, that comes along with a with a bevy of news. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. All the – it was just a flurry of action, especially on Saturday with uh, the Chris Dill announcement and uh, all the American games. And then uh, pretty much it had to be planned. The way it happened with the news of still announcing and then not too long after that, the wave of guys saying they're going to come back to Florida. We'll get into all that uh, coming up here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. But before we do, remember, you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. There you'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes as well as articles from the News for Jack sports team. Also, catch us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and Spotify. And using those services, please share, rate, and review the show. Hey, look, if you're checking us out on YouTube right now, yep, short notice, I know, I uh, didn't really plan this episode, uh, but for you guys joining us live, and of course, uh, when we get this out in the podcast form, thank you very much. Also, follow us on social media, um, on Twitter and Facebook, at Gators Breakdown. So let's start with the recruiting side of it. Uh, of course, and and the bigger name here, we'll start uh, with Chris Steele, who announced that the uh, U.S. Army All-American game. And this was one. Look, guys, we, we knew we felt good about it coming in. Uh, a lot of hints that were, you know, a lot of people were throwing out there that Steele will be a Gator. It did end up, of course, uh, if, if you followed it, we knew he was going to sign out of school during the early signing period. He did that, uh, but wasn't going to announce until the All-Star game. 
and the uh, announcement was for our Florida Gators, Chris Dill, 6'1", 185-pound cornerback from Bellflower, California, four-star cornerback, 40th-ranked player in the nation, fifth-ranked cornerback. Uh, Here's a scouting report from 24-7 Sports. Uh, Quote, lean but strong, frame with plenty of room to fill out, carries 190 pounds with ease, and should play at 210 uh, at the college level without losing any of his athleticism. A very physical press corner who plays with an edge to his game will will, will bully opposing receivers at the line of scrimmage and shows the speed to turn and run with an athletic receiver as well. Strong in run support. Hey, we saw that the game. Uh, was in there for a tackle with uh, Trey Sanders' first run. Uh, but, yeah, here it goes. Uh, strong in run support and will lay out an opposing receiver or running back, a highly intelligent player who could grow into a safety in college because his football IQ, frame, and physicality. Tremendous work, work ethic off the field and driven to not be just good but a great player. Can improve his hips, change of direction, and ball skills, but should play early at the college level impact upper tier power five starter and future NFL draft pick. That's the scouting report from 24 seven sports. A lot of accolades there, a lot of positive um, mentioning there from, from guys who, you know, scout it and, and look at their game and look, if you're going to be a, a, an SEC corner and still mention it, he wants to play in the SEC. And he mentioned it when he was announcing for Florida that he wanted to go to the real DBU, and that's why he chose the Gators. You're going to have to be a, a physical corner to play the type of defense Todd Grantham wants to play. Used to playing in the SEC, you've got to be a physical corner in the SEC. Teams like to run, teams like to run with power. You're going to have to stick your head in there every once in a while uh, and get in there. You're going to have to play physical with the big type of big body receivers that you see in the SEC as well. And Chris still looks to uh, make that track all the way across country and be a Gator and, and play that physical brand uh, of football that's needed uh, in, in the SEC. I uh, did find it interesting. They did mention could play safety uh, as well. I don't know if it will ever translate there. Uh, just We'll see how it works out. Uh, you know, I, I, he, he mentioned, I know he's mentioned before, he wants to play corner, uh, but uh, Florida finds themselves in, in a bit of an issue maybe a year or two down the road. I can see still there, but I think he starts out as a cornerback uh, or when, when, he, when he comes early enrollee, already on the Gators campus uh, and ready to start his Gator career. He recorded 32 total tackles, two blocked field goals, and one interception during his senior season, senior season uh, finishing his career with 135 total tackles. Now let's go back to last Thursday for the Under Armour All-American game and a bit of a surprise when wide receiver R.J. Henderson uh, commits to the Gators. I got word that afternoon at about 5 o'clock. Keep an eye on this one. We're hearing Gators. Uh, so, of course, all the crystal balls were flowing in for Florida State, Florida State, Florida State. All said and done, it was a dagger to the Seminoles when R.J. Henderson on live TV, on ESPN, surprises everybody and picks the Gators. Six-foot-one, 183 183-pound, four-star wide receiver, 126th player in the nation, 22nd ranked wide receiver in the nation, and the 19th ranked player in the state of Texas. 4.63 40-yard dash uh, going back to 24-7 sports. And their evaluation of R.J. Henderson possesses above average height and length, owns a lean athletic build that should be able to fit more weight and bulk at the college level, has provided enormous production in the Houston area competing in Texas largest high school classification 
plays with impressive receiver instincts and awareness, knows how to find and run the open space, cognizant of boundary, and uh, a good toe tapper when required. Shows impressive high-pointing ability thanks to timing and body control. Possesses ability to move around the formation in multiple receiver sets. Can provide vertical threat while also a consistent change-moving presence. Above average run after the catch ability. While the frame is better than average, it is a bit narrow and might, li- might limit physical potential. Um, above average athleticism from a testing standpoint, but can improve overall explosiveness. Improved fluidity will help ability to get open and close quarters versus college defenders. Potential NFL draft pick. So it looks like this is a receiver that Florida will be able to use in, in a multitude of ways. If they can put some more weight on him, you know Dan Mullen's going to ask his receivers to block. So he's going to have to put some more weight on there. Uh, and they said he has a frame to do it there to be able to block in this damn of an offense. But a guy that you look and look to move around in the formation and you could probably use him if you need a deep threat, he can do that. If you need to go pick up an important first down on third and four, he can run the route to get you that too. So big time uh, pickup there. Uh, RJ Henderson, as I said, a big surprise to get him away from the Seminoles uh, when everything was leaning towards that way. Might be some – we'll have to look out for some grades uh, stuff there. May be an issue, may not be an issue. Kind of unclear uh, on that. Uh, so, coming from coming from Texas, uh, they uh, you know, we'll see uh, how, how the grades uh, turn out there. But some people not necessarily worried because of history. You know, Florida, especially if he visits. If he visits, then it's a really, really good sign. Florida doesn't necessarily let you visit. They don't think they can get you in uh, there. So, look for his visit to, to come up soon. And hopefully – when it's the it looks like January 11th, maybe, or uh, no, the next Saturday um, uh, here coming up or, or the next weekend, the next visit visit weekend. And if uh, they can get him in there, uh, look for Florida to try and shut down that recruitment, not let him take a visit to, to Florida state and kind of, kind of close it down here. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of positivity in the recruiting world. Uh, for the Gators after early signing day uh, there. So picking up some big-time commitments. And uh, after getting Steele and Henderson, uh, the Gators received commitments from the 40th-ranked and the 126th-ranked player, respectively. Steele was the 40th-ranked player in the country, and and uh, RJ Henderson was the 126th-ranked player, respectively. Two high-end players there. Uh, and you go and look at Chris Steele. He is the highest-ranked Florida player has uh, Florida has gotten since Antonius Clayton when he was the 27th-ranked player and Tyree Cleveland, the 34th-ranked player back in 2016. So Steele, the 40th-ranked player uh, in 24-7 sports composite and the highest since 2016 with Antonius Clayton and Tyree Cleveland. So with all this, the Gators shot up in the 24-7 sports composite rankings to 11th. 23 commits and signees right now. They are at the 85 scholarship limit if you want to count those right now. So I would expect some transfers or some defections of some sort coming up. Florida would definitely like to take cornerback Kyrie Elam right now. Also trying to reel in playmaker Mark Anthony Richards. Um, you know, Of course, go out there and try and get a defensive tackle, defensive lineman uh, out there as well. So Definitely want to try and get about three more guys into this class when it's all said and done, if not more, if, if they can figure out the number situation. So also the Gators may elect to bring in Louisville grad transfer Jonathan Greenard at defensive end. So they definitely have their work cut out for them in the numbers department to try and fit the, 
try and fit these guys in. So be on the lookout for for some transfers in the coming weeks. You know, I don't want to really speculate on, on on who that could be right now. I don't think it's fair to those guys uh, to go out there and say they should be leaving this program and all that. You know, I, I do like to keep it real in here, but I also kind of keep it keep it respectful uh, at the same time as well. So, uh, you know, if it comes down to it, you know, realization uh, is realization, but I don't want to throw out there guys who should be leaving the Florida program. I don't think it's, I don't think it's right to, to kind of be doing that. So we'll talk about it if they decide to move on, but I won't really uh, discuss that point uh, until then. But before we move on uh, also players at all American games this past week uh, and the ones that were Gators showed out the ones that we already know, but we're going to be some Gators garnered rave reviews and starting with tie in uh tight end keon zipperer uh, and then also uh defensive end linebacker muhammad diabate and uh, also tyron hopper uh and also go to 2020 quarterback commit anthony richardson got some love in the uh, all-american bowl combine uh, as well as uh, jaquavion frazier's at the wide receiver position so you know like it should be gators are showing out at these all-star games have more of a presence at these all-star games getting commitments commitment showing out and that's what we expect it's what we expect as uh, as gators it's what we expect from the players that want to be gators we want to see them on national tv we want to see them committing on national tv we want to see these big time targets when they make their commitment and that gator hat from the table to pick the gators yes of course florida missed out on a few guys as well boggle and stevenson and we knew they weren't coming to florida anyway but you know still when it comes around to it you want to keep these big time florida playmakers in the state and uh, this was a nice start uh, in Dan Mullen's first full cycle. We're starting to see that more national presence and uh, the Gators being the pick and the guys who are already Gators out there making plays. All right. So let's go on to Gators who could be coming back and Gators who could be leaving. And, uh, of course, we'll start with the guys who decided to come back. And then we'll get with the guys who decided to make uh, their NFL decisions as well. And I'll read some of the messages here that these guys left. So it'd be kind of we'll hear from from what they're the guys who decided to come back. You know, read their messages and maybe why they decided to come back. But running back Lamichael P. Ryan, wide receiver Van Jefferson, wide receiver Tyree Cleveland, defensive end Jabari Zuniga, defensive lineman Adam Schuler, uh, linebacker David Reese, all announced. Uh, they're they're coming back, and most of those did those on Friday and Saturday uh, there. So let's start with LaMichael Piran, Gator Nation. It's been an amazing three years. The last week's with last week's win in the Peach Bowl was just the start of things to come for this program. It's amazing how things come full circle. Being that the first offer I received was from Coach Mullen, he has believed in me since early in my recruiting process back in high school. I ultimately chose Florida because of the opportunity to earn my degree from a top 10 institution and play for championships. With Coach Mullen, we are now in a position to play for championships at UF. Despite all the success we had this past season, I think we all know that we have some, us, that we have some unfinished business. With that said, I'll be returning for my senior season for one last ride with my brothers and this coaching staff. Let's go to work, LP. And look, well, Michael P. Ryan paid for his own way to get to Gainesville when he was being recruited. He loves being a Gator. Uh, yes, this was one that was kind of up in the air later in the week, but I, I kept thinking to myself, when it was all said and done, LaMichael P. Ryan loves being a Florida Gator. And I thought he would come back. There was some doubt there because look at the way he ended the season. <laughs> and um, it's 
he really raised the draft stock later on in the season with that, that the really good South Carolina FSU and, and bowl game against Michigan. So, you know, good for, good for P Ryan. I uh, want to come back and uh, getting some, getting some uh, mojo uh, ready for the Gators uh, here. Also now Van Jefferson, a little bit of a lengthier here uh, message from him uh, made it out to coach Mullen. First, I'd like to thank you for, the opportunity in becoming a part of the University of Florida's football team after making the decision and choosing to become part of Gator Nation, I instantly felt at home. I felt like it was where I was supposed to be. As a student, as a transfer student, I met guys on the team that quickly became more than teammates but brothers. Coach, you told me that you wanted to get Gators football back to where it was or where it needs to be. You expressed many times the desire to restore the Gator standard, the culture, and I'm so thankful to have been a part of the success thus far. Knowing this, I've decided to continue the process of restoring the Gator standard alongside my brothers for another year. This will allow me to earn my degree, hone my skills, and become a better player and a better man. God has and still is answering my prayers. I'm truly thankful. Gators, let's get it. Chomp, chomp. Thankfully, Van Jefferson. And it continued. Saturday, Jabari Zuniga. Announces Gator Nation, after much discussion with my mom and our coaching staff, I plan to return for my senior season. 2018 was an incredible year on and off the field. As much success as we've had on the field, I had just as much off of it. Uh, with that, I'm excited to return this fall to finish my degree and play for a national championship. The sky's the limit for this program, and I'm excited to be part of it for one last ride. Zoo. And Adam Schuler, you know, a lot of confusion if he was going to come back or not. Uh, he had a tweet earlier in the week that kind of made people think he might be leaving. But the uh, transfer from West Virginia decides to come back. And he uh, letters out here, Dear Gator Nation, my best decision in life so far was choosing to transfer to the University of Florida. Thanks to Coach Dan Mullen, I was blessed with the opportunity to continue my athletic and educational career with my childhood favorite team, the Florida Gators. Over a short period of time, I've made my lifelong relationships since I've made many lifelong relationships since arriving on campus this past fall. Also, I've been shown nothing but love from my teammates, coaches, training staff, and academic personnel along the way. It's been a great hard fought season to bring our Gator standard back along with getting the program back to a championship level of competition. Although presented with the opportunity to declare for the NFL draft, after a long decision process with God and my family, I feel that it is best for my future athletic endeavors to return for my senior season at the University of Florida. I look forward to improving upon my athletic abilities this coming season and continuing to return to raise the Gator standard in the swamp. Go Gators. And here we go. David Reese. Also, that was another one. Uh, I didn't think he was going to go. I didn't think there was much question if he was going to go, but he... I'm sure he tested the waters, got his test grades back, and decided to announce also on Saturday that he would be returning. Uh, David Reese says, Gator Nation, it was always a dream of mine to play for the Florida Gators, compete for national championships, then go on to play in the league. In my time here, I have made countless relationships that will last a lifetime. I want to thank Coach Mullen and this staff for bringing the Gator standard back to the swamp. This past year has sparked the dream that has always lived in me. With that being said, I cannot bring myself to leave what is happening at the University of Florida. After much discussion with God and my family, I feel like it is in my best interest to return for one last ride. We are just getting started, and I have unfinished business. 
David Reese. And then on Friday, it started there with Tyree Cleveland announcing that he was coming back. And uh, Tyree Cleveland says, my goal since I was little, was since I was a little kid, to one day make it to the NFL. And after looking at the pros and cons, I decided to come back for my senior year. I will use this year to mature and, and better myself as a person and a player. And I'll also use this year to work on getting my degree, which is very important to me. Personally, I still want to accomplish goals I set for myself and for the team. This was a tough decision, but I feel like this is the best decision for me and my family. I trust God and the plans he has for me. I will commit myself fully to my teammates and coaches and be a leader for this 2019 team. To Gator Nation, we have unfinished business. Sincerely, Cleve. So there you go. A lot of heartfelt messages there uh, from the players who decided to come back. Nothing against the guys that, that left. You know, uh, I'll get to them. Uh, but, you know, you got to respect uh, these guys who, who could have left. Uh, some of them probably, you know, didn't need to leave. They needed to come back and improve their stock. They admitted it. They they said it here uh, in these messages. And, I mean, good on, good on these guys. Uh, Florida you know, needed some of these guys to return. And you caught the message there of, of bringing back the Gator Standard and, and Mullen bringing back the Gator Standard. He has these guys excited to play, excited to return, excited to keep winning as a Gator and look, as much fun as we had as fans, you know those players had a lot of fun too, especially keep going back to, to what they had, everything they had to deal with last year, not only just winning four games, but uh, the, all the off-field issues of, of Jim McElwain and all the, the, the shark stuff and the death threats and your coach getting fired and uh, not knowing who the new coach was going to be and whether you fit into it. And, and Dan Mullen came in here, set a standard, set a standard from day one. Uh, said that offseason was going to be one of the hardest offseasons they've ever had. They all they, they bought in, and they bought in enough to, to to bring this Gator team and the Gator standard back to a 10-win season. So what are the Gators losing here or, 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 bring, or bringing back here? What are the Gators getting back in, in these players coming back? And in Piran, you're getting the leading rusher uh, of the team back. 826 yards, added 6.2 yards a carry, seven touchdowns, 63.5 yards per game. Uh, splitting time with, with Jordan Scarlett and, and Damian Pierce early in the season there. And we all, like I said, go back and, and remember the way he ended the season. Uh, there was some big runs versus FSU, big runs versus Michigan uh, to ice that game away. Uh, the FSU game was the first touchdown of the game, kind of set the tone of that game a little bit. Michael Pirine, if you look, guys, if you go back before the season started, and we kind of were naming uh, superlatives, I think it was an episode Will, Will and I did, and kind of labeling some of the Gator players. And I called LaMichael P. Ryan, and this was partly because of me as well, one of the least respected players on the team. And he, sh you know, I, I don't think we'll label him that anymore. I saw a lot of people out there on Twitter yesterday, very, very happy LaMichael P. Ryan's coming back uh, and very cognizant of the importance of what he brings to the table now. He's gotten better every season. He's been a Gator uh, and looking to improve his stock when he comes back. Uh, next year uh, in Van Jefferson, you're getting back the leading wide receiver, uh, 35 receptions, 503 yards, 14.4 uh, yards per catch, led the wide receivers with six touchdowns. He was the best wide receiver from the spring when he came in. We all remember the, the ports from the open practices. We saw him at the open practices through fall camp. 
through the season, he was the best wide receiver on the team. Uh, so hopefully next year, you know, Felipe Franks can get a little better, a little more consistent, and that helps somebody like Van Jefferson, who was probably looking when he come into this year, this year being his only season at the University of Florida. Um, but, you know, we kind of knew the limitations uh, of Felipe Franks. And if he was going to be better, how, how much better? And, he, and definitely got better as the season went on. Uh, you know, but this is for Dan Mullen, this is still a kind of run heavy, run first offense. So, uh, well, you know, I, I think Ben Jefferson did, did, did a service for him and, you know, the team and Felipe Franks by coming back uh, one more year and uh, getting it done. I do expect, uh, you know, there's not, not a fault necessarily his, but some, maybe some better stats next year as Felipe Franks uh, gets better in the offense as well. So on the other side, uh, you know, Florida needed some defensive linemen to come back after the uh, Jacopo light declared. So Jabari Zuniga, Brings back 45 tackles, 11 tackles for loss. That was second on the team behind Polite there. And six and a half sacks, only only behind Jacob Polite's 11 sacks. And linebacker David Reese, uh, you know, didn't lead the tackles, didn't lead the team in tackles this season like he did last season, but still had a good season. 77 tackles, only behind Fasan Joseph, 93. Uh, so, you know, if Reese plays that first game, you know, <laughs> we'll see a little bit closer, but we know he missed the first game. Wasn't really needed for that uh, Charleston Southern game. And, uh, you know, we'll see. He had two and a half tackles for loss. You know, I think more importantly for Reese, it's big for the leadership of this team. Big for his leadership to return onto the field uh, with a leader like CC Jefferson graduating. So you know, and, and also going from Jeff Collins' defense to Randy Shannon's defense to Grantham's defense, it'd be good to see David Reese perform. And, and a lot of these guys are returning. Uh, the, who are in the same real same in the same situation, seeing these guys perform in the same defense for the second season in a row. It, it like I said, it's been Jeff Collins, Randy Shannon, and now Todd Grantham, and now they finally get to uh, reap the rewards of being in a defense for uh, another year uh, and, and another year in a row. Adam Schuler, the graduate transfer from West Virginia, and he was eligible to play right away for Florida this year, and and what a difference he made on the inside of that line because the season started TJ Slayton and Elijah Conliffe. And man, we really expected a lot of those guys and the highly recruited guys. And maybe they'll eventually get there. I, I kind of think uh, the season hopefully is not an indicator uh, of what we see from those guys in the future. So disappointing showings from those guys and surely was needed in his 10 games where he garnered 39 tackles and three and a half tackles for loss, one and a half sacks, five quarterbacks hurries uh, while forcing a, a fumble there. So good to see that he gets to come back too, because Florida is a little short of that defensive tackle position uh, there with experience and proven playmakers. And Adam Schuler, Tennessee game, the Michigan game uh, really showed out in those two games. So hopefully you know, he gets some more playing time, a little more consistency there and see some big numbers uh out of Schuler uh next season and Tyree Cleveland uh, comes back after you know he, he didn't have the the production we thought he might have but you know a lot of that is Florida just spreads the ball around uh, a good bit you look at running back spread carries there look at wide receivers spread the catches out there uh and we know we know the big play potential uh of Cleveland we saw that uh, the year before last in his freshman season uh, a little bit as well uh, but just couldn't really get it going this season so you know he's coming back uh, maybe can have the season like we know he can have uh with with the big play potential and hopefully maybe improve on his uh 18 catch 212 yards and three touchdowns uh the, this past season I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is the deal 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, of course, uh, also, guys, we have uh, you know players declaring uh, as well. Uh, not a bad sign. Uh, it, it can be looked at as a positive as well. So, you know, we'll take a look back at, at those players uh, that decided to leave early. Junior offensive tackle Jawan Taylor announced that he was turning pro right after the Peach Bowl last week. Uh, then last Monday, uh, the biggest playmaker on the defense, junior defensive end, Ja'Kai Polite, also announced his declaration for the NFL. Uh, Wednesday came and running back Jordan Scarlett and linebacker for Sean Joseph said they were going to turn pro. So those four, along with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who we already knew uh, going, you know, well, just soon after the FSU game, uh, we knew he was going to turn pro and uh, what a showing he had uh, in his last game at the Peach Bowl. You know, and, you know, while we would like – like to have seen those guys stay it's also a good sign when players are declaring early you know recruits don't a lot of recruits don't see themselves as four-year players anymore so you know they have all these aspirations of of three years and and going to the league it it rarely is that easy but you know it is a selling points to recruits that guys can come to florida have a good career play for dan mullen and win and perhaps leave in three seasons. So, you know, with that said, uh, the production from a couple of these players will be tough. Uh, we're replacing, you know, starting with Jacob Polite uh, and his 17 and a half tackles for loss, uh, 11 sacks, six forced fumbles. You know, can, can players like Zuniga and Jeremiah Moon uh, and some others step into that role uh, there to, to, to kind of, because look, that was a surprise. We all pinpointed Jacob Polite as the potential guy, the guy who had the tools I still don't think we thought he could be this good. We expected CC Jefferson to, to kind of fill in that role a little bit and um, didn't necessarily happen. CC Jefferson was a steady type of player, uh, set the edge a, a good bit. You know, not a lot of the the big time plays that you saw from Jacob Polite, but you know, it was a big it, to me. It was a big surprise the way Polite came out and, and showed out the way he did. Um, the potential was there. I just still don't think we thought. 17 and a half tackles for loss and 11 sacks. <laughs> that was that was elite numbers there and set himself up to go to the NFL. And also the, the big, big, another big time playmaker on the defense, Johnson Gardner Johnson, uh, his 71 tackles. That was third on the team. Uh, nine tackles for loss, three sacks, four interceptions on the season, all over the field making plays. Uh, so now what? You know, maybe Mari Bernie or Trey Dean will fill that spot and be that versatile playmaker we saw from uh, Chelsea Gardner Johnson. Uh, we you know we'll see Ber- Bernie's a little more versatile. We've seen him at linebacker. We've seen him at uh, safety. We've seen him at the um, you know that star position that Chelsea Gardner Johnson plays, playing some nickel as well. Trey Dean has mentioned that he'll play nickel or wants to play nickel next year. So good that Florida has these versatile guys can play corner, can play nickel, can play linebacker, can play safety. Those are the type of playmakers that Todd Grant was looking for. And uh, so we'll see with Chauncey Gardner and his numbers going away. If Amari Bernie trading, those guys uh, can, uh, can, can bring something similar. Uh, maybe the biggest surprise uh, of the bunch was linebacker Vashawn Joseph declaring, uh, led the team in tackles with 93, nine of those for loss and four sacks. Up and down year with, with the LSU 
uh, game being the Vashon Joseph show. Uh, we, we look, we've known, you know, he's a feast or famine type of player, a uh, very fast player that was too aggressive at times, uh, very up and down in pass coverage. Uh, so who can we look at there? James Houston, Ventrell Miller are two to look out for and filling in there to go along with David Reese and, uh, how that linebacker core shakes out there. So, you know, maybe not a huge miss there, but I still think you know, his speed at times, uh, will be missed, but, uh, all in all. I think uh, a, a pretty replaceable player uh, there for Sean Joseph. But, you know, between those guys, Jakob Polite, Johnson Gardner-Johnson, and Vashawn Joseph, the Gators will be losing 35 and a half tackles for a loss. Those guys were three of the top four in that category to go along with Zuniga's 11 uh, there. So you're looking at guys who made plays, made plays behind the line of scrimmage, made turnovers uh, happen. So, that's what Florida's going to have to find, and that's what Todd Grantham's defense is built off of. A lot of pressure, a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage and get turnovers off of that. So can they replicate that uh, with some of the players on the roster to replace what Polite, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and Vashawn Joseph was able to do? Uh, if you go move on to offense, and you know, with Jordan Scarlett, you have to replace stats very similar uh, to LaMichael Piran's 131 carries, 776 yards, 5.9-yard average, about six yards carry. Uh, five touchdowns on the season, uh, only you know fifty nine point seven yards per uh, game. There, not eye popping stats, but you know Mullen did a good job splitting carries, and especially early on in the season. Uh, Damian Pierce, who would now be running back number two, was getting more carries earlier in the season. Uh, Felipe Franks was getting more carries as the as the year went on as well, taking away carries from the running back. So you know that that also helped. That that helped lead Scarlett and P Ryan being so fresh later in the season, and you saw how both both uh, were issues for de- defenses uh, they, they face later in the season. So, you know, Florida, Florida will be fine at running back, and that, that's not to slam on Jordan Scarlett. Florida's recruited well there, and they split the ball. Split the ball up pretty well, so you will have P. Ryan. You'll have Damian Pierce, Iverson Clement, Naquan Wright. There's your four uh, right there who will be making some plays for the Gators next year from the running back position. And uh, good for that. You know, led by P. Ryan, he'll uh, – I will be interested to see when 2019 season's over. If you look at P. Ryan and Pierce, uh, Malik Davis to could throw in there as well. If he can come back and, and bounce back healthy, I don't know how I forgot him. You know, guys, you guys know how I feel about him if, if you follow the, if you follow this podcast. So hopefully, Malik Davis can come back and be that playmaker that uh, we know he can be if he can just stay healthy here. Uh, but I will be interested how the numbers because it was it was pretty much kind of past. You know, starting around the LSU game, maybe Mississippi State LSU game, where it became the P. Ryan and Scarlet show, and then you know Pierce wasn't so much of a factor uh, as he was early on in the season. I I I love to look at the stats in 2019 to see how it is. Will it be the P. Ryan and Pierce show like it was this year with Scarlet and P. Ryan, or and then everybody else, or will we see more? Uh, P. Ryan being the bell cow and Pierce, Davis, Clement, Wright, uh, kind of splitting carries, or will it be you know three guys splitting carries? It, it, that's Florida's got numbers there, <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe maybe White Wright is is redshirted when it's all said and done um, there. So I, I don't know. It, I'd be interested to see how this running back uh, room uh, situates itself out for the 2019 season. Uh, lastly, would have loved to seen offensive lineman, offensive tackle, Jawan Taylor stay with the seniors, Martez Ivy, Tyler Jordan, and Fred Johnson uh, on the offensive line graduating and, and going. Uh, but look, he shot up the draft boards this season. You can't blame him there. 
there. Um, so now the Gators will have one starter in center Nick Buchanan returning to the offensive line for the next season, along with uh, Brett Heggie, who has a lot of experience the last two seasons, but trouble staying healthy right now. If you're looking at it, quick look, left to right, offensive line. You know, I think you have Richard Garage or, or Chris Blight there at left tackle. Uh, Brett Heggie left guard, Nick Buchanan at center, of course. Noah Banks at right guard and Stone Forsyth probably at right tackle there. We'll see, you know, Garage, Blight, Forsyth, how that tackle rotation works out, I think, between the three of those. Um, so that's definitely what to look out for. Spring practice rolls around. We'll see uh, how, how that goes. So there you have it. Busy few days for the Gators off the field with all these decisions. Dreams coming true for Gator players, and, and you can tell they all enjoyed this past season and, and bringing back the Gator standard. Uh, we owe a lot of fun to these players for this past season. and they, I think you can really, really tell, especially you go back and, and, and look at you know, the Peach Bowl and how much fun uh, that those guys had after and celebrating and go back to, you know, I was really, really close to those players on the field and celebrating in Tallahassee. Uh, the win over the Seminoles and how much fun they were having there as well. Uh, this season meant a lot to Gator Nation. And when I say Gator Nation, I, I, players, coaches, fans, uh, it was a whole lot of fun. <laughs> so, uh, and you could tell uh, there. So, dreams being made either becoming a Gator, returning as a Gator, or NFL dreams after being a Gator, dreams being made here. Uh, and uh, that's, why we, that's why I had to do an episode. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of a lot of news going on, a lot of stuff happening, and uh, I think you uh, you know followers and listeners and fans out there uh, deserved an episode uh, to, to kind of get the you know through 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 the next couple of days before Will and I get back together on Tuesday. Uh, I was you know probably do episodes on Monday, but didn't want to go head to head with the uh, national championship game, of course, uh, between Clemson and Alabama. So you know, I read a couple of tweets you guys sent. Uh, when uh, kind of threw out the summary of what everything happened uh, the last few days um, for the Gators here. Uh, well, there we go. Uh, the best part about these guys returning, and this is uh, the faceless man uh, has sent this um, to me. Uh, the best part about these guys returning is it gives Mullen more time to recruit and develop players he recruited without having to rely on them too early. Uh, that's a really, really good point. Um, and also, we also looked at, you know, going back to this past season and also looked at this new redshirt rule, how that worked into things and, and getting young guys some playing time. And I think it was important that Damian Pierce got a lot of playing time. Emory Jones got his feet wet. Uh, some of the freshman offensive linemen got into some of the blowout games uh, as well. So, you know, we'll kind of see how it all plays out. But, yeah, these guys returning. Mullen's not forced, and especially at the quarterback position. Uh, they're not necessary. You're not forced to throw anybody out there before they're ready. So you, quarterback room is deep. You'll have Felipe Franks, Emory Jones. We'll see what happens with quarterbacks like Kyle Trask and you know, maybe whether he decides to leave or stay or, or go on. You'll have Jalen Jones in now. You're not forced to throw a, a young quarterback in there before they're ready with the way things have turned out with Felipe Franks. You weren't forced to throw Emory Jones in there this year. You won't be forced to throw Jalen Jones out there next year uh, unless, God forbid, some injuries happen or something. So we'll see how it all turns out. But, yeah, you don't necessarily have to force players uh, in there now. Hey, with all the good news for the Gators, um, look, Florida had some players leave as well. Uh, but Grateful Gator Pod sends uh, his thoughts here. Coupled with Fields, Holyfield, Hardman, and Nada leaving early for UGA. Great couple of days all around for the Gators. And, yeah, there you go. For Georgia 
had some players leave early and uh, guys that will make a, a big impact. We all know the Justin Fields story now transferring and going to be uh, enrolled at Ohio State. Uh, Holyfield leaving Hardman, big you know, big playmaker for Georgia uh, and all that. We saw the things he was able to do, very underutilized at Georgia, but uh, what he was able to do against Florida uh, this past year. Uh, Jessica B at, uh, at Jess Best 05 says, I said, it's great to be a Florida Gator. I love how these players have bought in so much. They want to see it through to the end and believe they have unfinished business. And that was the common theme there when I read those messages, unfinished business, coming back and uh, look, uh, I forgot who it was. Maybe it was Zuniga who said it when I was reading here, but somebody said even went all the way and said, come back and play for a national championship. And look, that's, that's the expectation. That's the expectation uh, that we want uh, of being Gators and, because it's a failure if they don't get there. No, I mean, come on. It's still early in the tenure, uh, but that's good. That's the expectation. That's what we want players to go out there and see. Um, that's their goal. Go win the SEC. Go play in the playoffs. Go get a go get a national championship trophy. Uh, and you you you, ha- you need some players to, to 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 come back and you know help along that way. And these guys coming back can go a long way in maybe making that a reality. Uh, Hunter Algins says this next year and offseason will be the hardest Felipe will ever go through. The pressure is on. Um, we'll see. Uh, let's see. Going to challenge for the East next year. This is some dude 44. Going to challenge for the East next year. Top 10 po- uh, possible top five team. Uh, that's kind of what Will and I will hit on uh, later on this week. We'll see where the Gators finish in the final polls and kind of look ahead to maybe where the Gators may be ranked uh, going into next season. But, yeah, I mean, Florida challenged for the East this year and with what Georgia lost and, uh, you know, some of the things they have going on there and uh, everything that returned uh, for Florida this year. Get that offensive line gelling pretty quick. Uh, you know, the sky is the limit for these Gators, I think. Uh, and also, you may be Felipe Frank second another uh, big step forward. A few questions on, like I mentioned, there's playmakers on defense that you've got to replace and the, and the stats that they brought to the table. But Florida should be easily a top 10 team, hopefully pushing for a top five and maybe maybe things even bigger. Uh, Kyle Snyder's uh, so great having Schuler, Grimes, Jefferson back last year was a huge bump. Now all back plus some grad transfers on D-line. Very positive. Maybe linebacker or uh, probably defensive lineman. He probably means there. Maybe D, D-line or offensive line grad transfer. Uh, and Delaware Seminole says the returns are good for keeping momentum. And that's part of it. You know, like as I said, go back to the Peach Bowl. And then you had some guys deflect and, and decide to go to the NFL. As I said, I don't think it's a bad thing. You can use that and spin that as a positive. Uh, but then all these guys coming back, you had the commitments from Henderson and Steele. Gator Nation feels good right now. <laughs> Gator Nation feels good uh, right now. So, yeah, as I mentioned, thanks for all those uh, tweets, guys. Thanks for all the feedback. Saturday was a busy, busy, fun day uh, covering all the happenings that were happening around uh, Gator Nation. Uh, as I did mention, uh, Will Will and I will have a, we'll still have our episode on Tuesday night uh, talking Talking more Gators. There's always plenty to talk about. It's, uh, it is funny. I planned on only one episode. I, I should have known better. I should have known better with everything that could have happened uh, this past weekend. Uh, no problem throwing in an extra episode for you guys out there and and and, and getting uh get, getting getting the Gator brand and, and message out there, some positivity out there uh, for, for Gator Nation. So that'll do it for this episode. Uh, We'll have the national championship game uh, to discuss around there on social media. Uh, so, you know, guys, we'll tune into that for the last college football game uh, of the season, Clemson and Alabama. So uh, we're going to 
watch that from from a Gator fan's perspective uh, there. So ah, football season will be over and uh, not much more uh, on-field action till the, till the spring rolls around. But uh, Gators Breakdown will be here every step of the way for about, like I said, one episode a week um, until next fall, until something else big happens. And uh, we'll be here following all the way. Uh, so I'm David Waters, host of Gators Breakdown. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.